0: Welcome to the show for sinners and sufferers. You remember this music? It's been a minute. We haven't used this music in a while. And that's because things are a little bit different. My name is Cody. And for the first time in the history over a year of doing this show, I am alone. It's just me. I've been abandoned. If uh, this may be your first episode and you're out of the loop, we usually do... a. Um, this is a duo, myself and my good friend Kyle. We have conversations about theology, about faith, culture, movies, all sorts of fun stuff. And we try to take sort of a casual discussion approach to, to take theology back from the pretentious academic world and just kind of make it accessible and, and enjoyable. But it's just me now. And uh, that basically means I can do whatever I want. So this is a Christian metal podcast now. I joke, but I am working on some details, drafting what the future will look like. I have a couple topic ideas, a couple um, series I might try to jump into. I'm thinking about Maybe going through a book of the Bible. I might do a little Advent thing. We'll see. I also have a couple people I'd really like to bring on to do interviews with so we can still focus on that uh, conversational aspect. And it's not just me monologuing. But for today, you get me monologuing. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about humility. And uh, I think this is a topic that all of us can... Benefit from that, all of us need a little bit more humility in our lives. But this is also something that's been gone on my heart and my mind for a while because I think that Christians uh, have widely lost sight of what real humility is. I think, in a lot of ways, we've capitulated to culture uh, and sort of the cultural understanding of what humility is, separated from God and what scripture tells us about. Humility, and I think you don't have to look very far to see things such as people engaged in accusing others of being prideful on the basis that they they disagree about something that th- that person is confident and unyielding. Like I don't like what you're saying, and you're not apologizing for it, so therefore you're prideful. And often the subtext of that is like, well, if you were humble, you would agree with me. Um, and we see this you know if you're a christian and you've tried to <laughs> interact with with unbelievers and, and share your faith and express your faith you might get that this idea that well if you're saying christianity is is the only true thing that christianity is the only way then you're being prideful and arrogant you need to be open to to other things or you you, you see this in like in house discussions over theology People are like, I, you know, I'm a Calvinist, you're an Arminian, whatever. And it's like, well, if you were humble, you'd you'd agree with me. You'd say that my point is valid. And we, we always kind of jump to the this pride, arrogance, sort of thing. And I think that that doesn't come from a scriptural understanding of humility. I think that comes from the culture in this attempting to define humility separate from God, because if we look at what God's word has to say about humility, and we look at the, the most perfectly humble person to walk this earth, which was, was Jesus, of course, it's clear that humility doesn't mean insecurity. Humility doesn't mean not being confident or assertive or having convictions. Humility isn't, uh, isn't the, the, the opposite of speaking up for what you believe. It it does determine the confidence that we have. It does influence the way that we disagree, the way that we assert our convictions, but it's not the opposite of those things. And kind of in the same vein, humility isn't just beating yourself up and constantly self-deprecating, though it does influence the way we view ourselves, especially in relation to God and to others. And there's a, a proverb that I think is a good starting place for discussing why humility is important. Important why we should care at all, but also, you know, what real humility looks like. And it's uh, Proverbs three thirty four, and both James quotes this in James four six, and Peter quotes it in First Peter five five, and the proverb says this: God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if you open up a a Bible app or an online Bible and just search the word humble in the Old Testament, you'll see a a number of proverbs that speak to how humility precedes honor, that, you know, proverbs that equate humility with wisdom and seeking counsel. But you will also find the accounts of kings of Israel. And we have kings such as Ahab in 1 Kings 21, Rehoboam in 2 Chronicles 12, Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32. These are all, all men. They're kings of Israel who sinned against God, who pronounced judgment on them. But then they humbled themselves. In the case of, of Ahab, we read that he, he, he mourned his sin and he closed himself in sackcloth and he fasted when, when God pronounced this judgment. And in each account, we read that God, seeing their humility, extended grace. He lessened or delayed the judgment in some way. In the case of Rehoboam and his priests, God says, Since they have humbled themselves, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. He gives grace to the humble. We also see the opposite of that in, in King Amon in Second Chronicles 33, who it is said did not humble himself before the Lord and therefore incurred guilt more and more. For each of these kings that received grace, their humility turned them to repentance, and by that repentance they received grace. As Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, is also the basis of true humility. Because at the, at the heart of humility, at the center, what, what, what gives birth to it, is this recognition of who God is, his position, his authority, his entitlement. And this is why we see culture really lose the mark when they try to define humility based solely on an individualistic perspective. Humility comes from recognizing God in our relation to him, that he is creator and we are creation. He is a a holy God and we have sinned and fallen short of his glory. He is father and we are his children. And out of this recognition, we gain humility that leads us to repentance because we can have no pride or arrogance when we are faced with the reality of a holy God, right? This makes me think of of Isaiah when he sees God on his throne in Isaiah chapter 6. And he he says, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips and live among a people of unclean lips. And because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When Isaiah is faced with the reality of God and his position and authority and his holiness, Isaiah is suddenly very aware of his own position. And he humbles himself. And God, in that case, actually cleanses him with the coal and, and makes him clean. True humility leads us to repentance. But beyond that, humility also influences our actions. It influences the way that we interact with with God and the way that we interact with people. And I think the best example of this is Jesus, whose humility obviously went beyond repentance because he didn't sin, he didn't have anything to repent of. But Jesus says of himself in Mark ten forty five, "'For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve.'" and to give his life as a ransom for many. In Matthew 11:29 he says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." Jesus is describing his humility and his disposition towards us and he displays it when he speaks of the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4 a woman who would hardly warrant his time or attention that was very beneath him to speak to, even if he was only a Jewish carpenter. He shows his humility also when he enters the homes of tax collectors and sinners, some of the despised of society. And we really get this full picture in John 13, verses 3 to 6 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going back to god rose from supper he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel he tied it around his waist then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet jesus knew who he was he knew that he was he was from god that he was god he knew his position he knew his value his authority what he was entitled to but knowing all this he washes the disciples feet Jesus didn't claim to be anything less than who he was. He doesn't grovel. He doesn't apologize. He doesn't feign insecurity. He's confident. He knows his place. He knows who he is. He knows his true identity. Yet he set aside what he deserved to give us what we do not. He endured the suffering that he should never have had to experience in order to adopt us into his family. And this are the footsteps. This is the example that we are to follow. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus is our example of how to be humble, how we are to live humbly. And this again highlights that he knew who he was. He, he knew that he was in the form of God, but he gave up what he was entitled to, he gave up what he deserved. He didn't demand that but actually laid down his life he humbled himself submitted to the father's rule the father's direction to the point of death to give us what we don't deserve and you know theologians will call the the Jesus becoming man we call that the the self-deprecation of Christ because he lowers himself he 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 puts himself down in a way by taking on human form, making himself appear to be less. But that it's not that Jesus was berating or degrading himself. His humility wasn't putting himself down. It was lifting others up at cost to himself. And while Jesus was gentle and lowly he wasn't timid and apologetic in fact he taught and rebuked with such confidence and authority that by today's standards we would want to call him arrogant and i think this is this is important because we we've fooled ourselves into this idea that humility is putting ourselves down that if we're just constantly putting ourselves down and deprecating ourselves that that we're humble but we we see clearly in the humility of Christ that that's not true. That humility isn't isn't putting yourself down. It's recognizing your position. And true, we're not in the same position as Christ. We are in a, a lower state than that. But recognizing who you are, in, in the case of a Christian, in the case, case of someone that's in Christ also means recognizing that you've been redeemed that you've been justified that you've been adopted and that you're made in the image of God. You do have intrinsic value and in to constantly be putting ourselves down and saying we're nothing and saying we're dirt and just berating and beating ourselves is actually denying that. It's it's denying what God has given us, what he's made us. And I, I think we can all think of if you love someone whether it's you know a best friend or a spouse or a child, and that person is constantly like, "Oh, I don't deserve your love. Don't love me. Don't look at me. I am worm. I am worm. I don't deserve your love." That's pretty annoying, right? Like you can imagine you you'd be like, "Are you kidding me? Just shut up! Like let me love you. I love you. Stop groveling and whining like this." And I I'll go so far as to say I I I feel like. God doesn't appreciate when we're constantly like, oh, I just suck. I'm just the crap pile. I'm dirt. Just beating ourselves down because he died for us. He adopted us. He's giving us a new family. Let's, let's express those things. Let's be grateful. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I had notes here, but... But yeah, as Christians, our relationship with God and humility is going to look like gratitude. When we really truly recognize who he is and who we are, there is an an element of recognizing that we're sinners, recognizing our, our, our place that we have done wrong, and that leads us to repentance. But humility isn't perpetual groveling. It's also expressing this gratitude that, he did justify us that he is sanctifying us he is making us more like him expressing gratitude that we are loved far more than we deserve humility isn't not being confident that you're loved it's being confident that you're loved when you haven't done anything to earn it being confident that we are blessed beyond what we could have earned that though we are unfaithful he has called us his own and then humility in our interactions with others it's it's Not seeking our own entitlement, but giving generously to others. You know, pridefulness is walking throughout life thinking that you are owed something. Whereas humility is walking through life as if you owe something to the people around you. Humility is not seeking your own recognition and praise, but recognizing others for what they've done. And in disagreements... It is treating each other with dignity and respect despite the disagreement. And I think this is a big one. This is where, like I said, we, we've sort of capitulated to culture where we think that humility means saying everyone's point is just as valid. You know, like, you know, you can't really say that what you believe is true. You can't be confident. You can't have convictions. If you're humble, you have to say everyone's point is the same. It's all it's all equal. It's just as valid. But <laughs> that's not really true. That That's just kind of nonsense because like not everything can be equally true. But what humility is, is actually hearing each other out, you know, actually listening, giving that person the benefit of the doubt that they came to their conclusion, not just by being dumb, but by actually thinking through it, that they actually have some reason for believing what they believe. They have some reasoning for disagreeing with you. That's humility is, is assuming that and treating people in that way. It's, it's treating, uh, I think it's more like questioning or confronting a professor as opposed to your underclassmen. Like, unless, unless you're a really just awful, prideful person, if you're in a class under a professor, you've paid to be there. You're there because you want to learn. And the professor says something that you think is incorrect. You, you speak to them differently than if you're, you know, you're a senior in, College in your last year, and some freshman comes in and says something dumb. Right? You have a different, different type of interaction, a different type of deference, even though you are challenging them still. But humility is really treating everyone like that professor, treating everyone with that same level of dignity, that same level of respect. There's a a C.S. Lewis quote. Well, there's a quote that's commonly attributed to C.S. Lewis that says, "Humility is not thinking less of yourself; it's thinking of yourself less." And that's actually, that's actually Rick Warren trying to, like, to summarize a C.S. Lewis quote. But here's, here's the real quote. It's quite a bit longer. It's from his book, Mere Christianity. He says, Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him, and what you said to him. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. And I guess my my take, my big like point, my takeaway, is that if if we really want to operate with humility, part of the the, the place to start is to be recognizing who God is and who we are, who he's called us to be. And that humility doesn't mean just capitulating or being insecure and apologizing for every point. And and we can disagree with humility. We can disagree with respect. And on that note, I know this was pretty short, but I just, I didn't have uh, a lot of time to decide what I was going to do alone Uh, I'm hoping next week, I'm hoping to have an interview. I'd really like to bring uh, a pastor on to talk about some eschatology stuff. Otherwise, I might be doing an Advent series, or if anyone has questions or topics they'd like me to discuss, I'm open to it. But for now, if you would like to humbly disagree with me, yeah, I'd love to hear it. You can leave a comment on YouTube, send a message on Instagram. Here, I'm going to play my outro music still, <laughs> make it feel like a real podcast. Um, you can leave a co- send me a message on Instagram at Sinner Suffers or join the Discord. There's a link in the YouTube video description or on our website, sinners, uh, sinnersandsuffers.com. Um, I hope you're okay with a shorter video. I think most people probably will find this easier to watch, but yeah, I, I will see you all next week. Take care.